0: to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the Table of Nations, as we pick up in Genesis, chapter 10, verse 1. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck.
1: Now, these are the generations of the sons of Noah. And as we get into chapter 10... This chapter has been called the table of nations. And here you have the beginning of all of the various nations of the world, the various ethnic groups with these sons of Noah. These are the generations of the sons of Noah. Seth is probably the one who put these generations together. We follow for a little bit the line of Ham, A little bit the line of Japheth. And then when we get to the line of Shem, we continue to follow the generations from Shem because it is from Shem that Abraham will come. It is from Abraham that the nation will come. It is from the nation and Abraham, of course, that the seed Christ will come. And so we'll continue to follow the line down to Christ. But the others will follow for a few generations to establish their ethnic groups that sprung from them, then we'll leave them go because the whole message really is centering and zeroing down towards Jesus Christ. So many names are not given. Many of the families are not named at all. It isn't intended to be a complete historical record, but only a record that will lead us to Abraham, which will lead us to David, which will lead us to Jesus Christ. Once we've come to Jesus Christ, it wasn't necessary to keep... The genealogies anymore God has proven That Jesus Christ was as promised The son of David The son of Abraham The son of Adam So That's all that's necessary To follow that line That leads to Christ Now the sons of Japheth Were Gomer Magog Medii Javan Tubal Meshach and Taras. Gomer was more or less the father of the ancient Sumerians. Magog were the Scythians, the area of Russia. And Medai was the father of the Medes. Javan, the Greeks. Tubal and Meshach, uh, they believe that Meshach actually is the ancient uh, Mescovite modern-day Moscow, and Tubal, the modern Toblensk. And Tyrus, of course, is the Thracians. And so we see that basically you're getting into the Asian European nations uh, as descendants from Japheth. Now we take one of the sons, Gomer, the first one listed, and we have the Germanic people, Ashkenaz, and Ripha and Togarma. Togarma is thought to be the Armenians, but the Ashkenaz, more or less the Germanic people, coming again from Japheth. And by these were the islands of the Gentiles divided, actually Tarshish and, and so forth. So you're getting into the area of Europe, Scandinavia course, on into ultimately England, all the descendants, the Caucasian race, descendant from Japheth. Now, the sons of Ham, Cush and Seba, Havilah, Sapta, Rama, and all of these various names, we're not going to try and go through them all, but they basically went south and populated the area's of Africa. Also, a portion of them, the descendants of Canaan, were Sidon, which were the Phoenicians, the sister city of Sidon, of course, the city Sidon upon the northern coast of the Mediterranean, the sister city of uh, Tyre, which were the Phoenicians, the Jebusites who inhabited the area around Jerusalem, and in verse 17, there's Sinite. Now, it is felt that some of the inhabitants of the Sinites moved east and where the Chinese descended from this particular branch. And it is interesting that the Chinese are still called Sino people. And, and you read of the Sino-Japanese uh, War, for instance. And and the name still holding, and many of the Chinese names beginning with this Sin. So from Ham, Africa, on over into the Far East and the area of Canaan. Now he does stop with uh, one of the descendants, and when he gets to Cush, begat Nimrod. And he began to be a mighty one in the earth. Instead of a mighty hunter before the Lord, it should be translated, he was a mighty tyrant in the face of the Lord. Uh, The hunting was the hunting of men's souls. Nimrod became a leader in apostasy, a developer of a great religious system later to become known as the Babylonian religious system or the mystery Babylon. That whole religious system was begun by Nimrod. Now, his mother, Simiramis, was later to be called the queen of heaven and to be worshipped. It was her claim that Nimrod was actually born without the benefit of a father, that he was born while she was a virgin. Nimrod was known for his hunting prowesses, a great man with a bow. In those days, the people were probably, because of their uh, primitive-type weapons, very fearful of the wild animals, the lions and the tigers and leopards and so forth. And, And he was known as a protectorate of the people because of his ability and skills in hunting. But one day while hunting boar, a wild boar turned on him and gored him, and he supposedly was dead for three days, lying there in the woods, and after three days his life returned, And so they began to celebrate his resurrection by coloring eggs and having great festivities in the springtime of the year. Incidentally, his birth was December 25th. And they usually celebrated his birth by giving of gifts, drunken orgies, and cutting trees and decorating them with silver and gold in their homes. And this is just a few generations after Noah. The worship of his mother, Simiramis, queen of heaven. The whole thing, Satan's counterfeit of God's intended work. Began with Nimrod. And when you start reading the history of the Babylonian religion, the way they set up the celebrations and all, you will be absolutely shocked at the historic church and how much of the activities of the historic church were borrowed directly from Nimrod. Who was also known as Tammuz and Marmaduke, several names Ashtart, Simiramis, the various names for his mother who was worshipped And actually the name Easter coming from Ashtarti It's amazing that this Babylonian system could have so thoroughly infiltrated the church but God brings Nimrod into the, into the record here. And uh, the beginning of the kingdom of Babel, verse 10. And it was he who inspired the people to build this tower that would reach into heaven. It was he who began to inspire them to the worship of the stars The beginning of astrology and all of these things began in this ancient Babylonian religion. The tower really, literally, not to reach into heaven, but the tower was to worship. It was an observatory where they would go and worship the stars, the constellations, and so forth. And many such towers have been uncovered in the archaeological diggings there in the Babylonian plain. They were areas of worship. So the descendants of Ham. Then in verse 21, we we come to the descendants of Shem, also the father of all the children of Eber. It is from Eber that we get the name Hebrai or the Hebrews. So Abraham was not the beginning of the idea or the name of the Hebrews. It came from Abraham's ancestor Eber. And so Shem, the brother of Japheth, the elder, even to him were children born. The children of Shem uh, are listed here for you. And then the children of Aram. And we're going to narrow down to Eber because we want to follow Eber. Eber had two sons. The name of one was Peleg, and in his days was the earth divided. And his brother's name was Joktan. Now, uh, this idea of the earth being divided, there are some who try to relate this to a current scientific theory of the continental, the, uh, the, the continent uh, dividing, you know, the the continents have been drifting apart That originally there was only one land mass, But this continental drift theory That is uh, a current theory in some scientific areas And they, some of them point to this reference of Scripture And it was in the times of Peleg that the earth was divided However, if you'll follow the chronological charts and all You'll find out that Peleg lived in the days of the Tower of Babel And it was at the Tower of Babel that the earth was really divided into the ethnic groups. And so that is probably what the reference is to, the division of the earth into the ethnic groups following the Tower of Babel experience rather than a scripture that would somehow uh, lend support to the continental drift theory. So... um, that's the way it is It, it could refer to the continental drift But more than likely the reference is to The division of the earth from the Tower of Babel Among the names here in the descendants We do find the name Jobeb Which could very well be the Job of the Scriptures And so uh, I guess that's a little further down When we get into the descendants of Abraham Now in chapter 11, the whole earth was of one language and one speech, probably Hebrew. Because in the earlier record of uh, the book of Genesis, the names of the people were Hebrew names that have Hebrew meanings. And so the original language was perhaps the Hebrew language itself. But the whole earth was of one language, one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there and they said one to another, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. Now, this is an interesting thing because it shows that very early after the flood they had brick kilns and rather than just building their houses out of rocks. Uh, They were advanced to the state of of making bricks and putting them in the kiln, burning them thoroughly. So rather than just adobe kind of buildings, they were now using a mortar with a cured brick or a burned brick. And uh, they began to build, uh, of course, the city of Nineveh, the city of Babylon, all began to be built in this period by Nimrod himself. And so they said, Let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Now God's command was to actually fill the earth. It's an attempt to huh, sort of counterman God's commandment. Lest we be scattered abroad throughout all the earth. Let's, let's join together. Let's just, you know, congregate in this area. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. Now, again, we're describing the activities of God in human terms, as though God were coming down and looking things over. In, in reality, God is omnipresent. He was watching the thing the whole while. The Lord said, Behold, the people is one. And they all have one language and this they begin to do and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. The developing of this religious system. Now it is very possible that originally God placed the stars in the heavens for signs and that the gospel is actually given in the zodiac. The virgin, the lion. But as Satan has always taken the things of God and twisted them and perverted them, so from the original message that God had placed, they're in the heavens of his plan for the ages. That there was that perversion of it into what is the modern astrology, which began way back again in the Babylonian era, here in in Babel, where they were going to build this tower as an observatory to observe the constellations and so forth of the sky. But it is quite possible that originally the gospel was there indeed in the stars as far as the message of God to man. Now, it would seem that the magi who came from the east to find the Christ child were reading correctly the heavens. We have seen his star in the east. We've come to worship him. And that they were reading truly the signs that God had placed there. Now, the Bible says that God has placed the stars for signs and for seasons. And it is very possible that originally there was indeed the message of God in the stars, but has been perverted, as I say, into the modern astrology. And the perversion began way back there, Whether they began to look at the stars for the influence over their lives rather than looking to God. And so God, in His Word, puts down the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators, those who sought then to govern their lives by the influence of the stars upon them and so forth. And and God really speaks out very heavily against that in the prophecy. Of Isaiah, but it is an ancient, ancient thing, the horoscopes and all. But as with so many things, it is possible that in the beginning it was pure and had a true message of God, but it has been perverted as time has gone on. And so God, seeing this development, said, Let us go down and confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. And so the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel, or Babel, whichever pronunciation you prefer. It really is a word that just sort of, it was a word that was adapted because of what the sound sounded like. Just like the word barbarian is a word that was developed by the Greeks and, and the word barbarian in Greek literally, literally is barbar and anybody who didn't speak Greek was a barbar because your language sounded so funny so anybody who didn't speak Greek they just considered them uncultured and said oh they're a barbar you know it just means that they talk some other language rather than the culture Greek and and so from that we get the word barbarian but it, it originally was just a, you know, just a sound that they made, uh, an unintelligible sound by which they were sort of mimicking any language other than Greek. It's barbar. Oh, he's a barbar. And uh, so this babble is the same thing, it's a mimicking a, a sound that was not understood. Babble. Just, it's somewhat like the barbar, babble. And it's just an, uh, you know, I don't understand what you're saying. Uh, What do you mean, Baba, you know, or (laughs) Babel? And uh, so the word has come to mean confusion, lack of understanding. And so they called the name of the place Babel.
0: Return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Genesis on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Genesis 10 through 11 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription.
1: May the Spirit of the Lord just really rest heavy upon you. May God make you effective in your witness for Him. May your life be like a light shining in a dark place that others might be drawn to that light and find the source of the light, even Jesus. So God bless you give you a rich week in fellowship with Him.
0: This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California.
2: I have a question for you. How would you like to go from Genesis to Revelation in one year using a daily Bible devotional? And what if this devotional was written by Pastor Chuck? Then I've got great news. Be one of the many thousands of readers who have enjoyed reading Wisdom For Today, a daily devotional that speaks volumes of wisdom to apply to your everyday life. Come alongside Pastor Chuck as he takes you on a journey from Genesis to Revelation, providing God's truth to answer your questions and discover how this might very well become your most beloved and cherished devotional ever. To order your copy of Wisdom for Today, a leather hardback, for yourself or for a loved one, please call the Word for Today at 1-800-272-9673. Or visit us online for more information
0: and to read a preview at thewordfortoday.org.